Go on, go on. Did anyone figure out what the Black National Anthem is? Is it like, Fuck that truffle booty ass, Fuck that truffle boot, ay. Something like that. National anthem. What an insult. Um, happy Fourth of July. You know, it's the anniversary of defeating a bunch of uh, dildo Dawkins. Yeah, we can control you. No God, you have no rights. There's no sovereignty on the king. Bow to the king. Yeah. Bow to the material king. You have no no basis for dignity. Daddy, 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 over, over. I was thinking about uh, how uh, I was thinking about the the phrase "land of the free," and uh, I talk a lot about not a lot, but enough about abstraction and how things like love um, um, morality, basically all the virtues, how they uh, to subvert them, you have to create a false um, representation of what that is in the abstract form. In other words, the John I call it the John Lennon effect where, you you turn people into faceless abstract nobodies so you can't you can't uh express love one to abstract many because it's a one to one relationship and because our relationship to god is one to one and love and the basis of love and all the virtues are based grounded in god the expression of those things are also um, expressed one-to-one, which is why one love, one heart is really dumb, even though it sounds good and it makes you feel good. Um, imagine all the people. Total abstraction of people. One-to-one relationship is, in, is subverted and twisted, um, but it feels good and it sounds good. So I was looking at that and... Uh, I was looking at the term, the phrase, land of the free. And uh, it sounds abstract, nice, correct. Sounds, it sounds uh, accurate. Um, but then I was like thinking, well, what is land? What is the land if you don't own the land? What is land of the free if it's all uh, sequestered, eminent domain? If it's all collectivized or owned by government or corporations it becomes the faceless uh faceless beingless corp dead corp uh entity that owns the land so land of the free is meaningless if you don't own land and that is the future 
dichotomy we're looking toward. Some could say city versus rural. Um, some can say technocratic versus self-sustaining, you know, or self-reliant. Um, the simple, difficult life versus the complex, easy life. But all of it is is when you really strip it all away in the material sense, it's it's the land. It's land itself. And uh, being someone who's looking for land, you know, I'm looking for my three acres maybe that I would like to get. Um, I realize that the land is the source of it all. The land of the free um, is only a given if you have land to be free on and that you uh, you have that ability to um, to designate the physical area that you uh, reside. And the abstract land of the free is actually nonsense. And it's easy to get into it. It's easy to just go, yeah, land of the free. We, you know, this is where we can, you know, get a loan and then be part of an HOA and then, um, you know, basically be in debt. But we have the house and like, over the course of the the decades, that whole idea has been subverted. It's not like it's just now. It's just that way back in the day, like basically uh, I would say the Federal Reserve uh, forming there in Jekyll Island, that ownership of land um, has become um, usury debt-based. You have to be enslaved to own the land. And so you don't have land of the free. And, um, and it is, it's not just the system of usury, it's also the context that it's sold, which is <clears throat> like John Lennon, like uh, Bono and all these uh, celebrity idiots who push the one to abstract many uh, philosophy, the, the fake uh, abstract nonsense um, lens paradigm. And uh, the good news is people are rejecting it. You know, if I'm if I'm looking for land, someone else is looking for land. If if I'm realizing this stuff, other people are realizing this stuff, and that um, it's not about getting just the house. It's not enough. It's not enough to get just the house and the loan. You know, it's still not your domain. It's still not free. You're not in the land of the free until you're in your land. And, uh, and the more people who own land and rediscover the connection to land ownership, uh, the wider that concept becomes, uh, you know, as a whole. So it's not collectivized. It's, it's, it's owned. And then you know other people own their land. You're around people who own their own land. And then there's a trust because you know um they're they're operating based on their own sovereignty of their land and uh, i realized that that's my first and foremost goal i don't even care if i can't build a house yet i want the land itself and again i'm not uh, dis- disillusioned eminent domain the power of that is going to be uh super potent in the coming years um, as they push these uh, smart city, centralized, regionalized, standardization bullshit. And um, 
but there are places the the reason we have the country is so amazing is because of how big and wide and diverse the land is not the people the land is diverse it's you can the sovereignty of states is a similar um is a similar paradigm to protect because then you can go to different states who have their own who develop their own sovereign rules and um you know they can actually liberate people not that uh governors or laws give you the liberty but they um can decide not to restrict liberty they can't give you liberty but they cannot they can make it difficult to uh express your your liberty so it's a it's a really interesting paradigm and it's something you can take with you to other places and catch yourself where are you uh where are you buying into the one to abstract many um, false paradigm? You know, where are you pretending it's free, but it's actually not? And uh, and there's some some excitement, you know, like it sounds it sounds really overwhelming, right? Like buying a house itself is overwhelming, and all of these uh, other necessities or prerequisites for buying a house, but it's really interesting if you just look for land, the act itself, the action of looking for land um, will invigorate you. It will give you a sense of revival uh, of your spirit because you'll know it's possible and it's out there and you can actually get it. Um, and it doesn't matter if you can't, you know, plop a, you know, a house right on it right away. It's about you have the land and it's a future. And um, a lot of people are not, they're disempowered, not because of the state of the world necessarily, because even if they uh, perceive the state of the world through their dumb little black, black mirrors as going quite well, um, if they don't have a future for themselves to live into, to live toward, um, then they will ultimately be at the effect of their direct circumstances, constantly juggling what's around them. But, but land, it is like, it's like a metaphoric uh, blank slate. It's physically blank slate, but it's also spiritually like a blank slate. Like you can go toward, toward that, that open area and create what you want on it. And, um, and it's a connection back to the to the earth, which also has been that whole relationship has been completely uh, poisoned and subverted by uh, sort of progressive leftist environmentalist bullshit, where it almost makes it icky. This idea of going back to the earth, going back to the trees and the land, the original, the OG land huggers, the tree huggers were actually rough, rugged you know, slurring people who barely could read. They understand the land, you know? And then you go back further, it's like the natives. They were, they would look at modern progressive hippies um, and they'd be like, you don't even, you can't even gut a deer. You don't even know where the liver is. Like, get out of here. You're just dressing like the part. Um, which is, that whole thing is another subversive, interesting um tidbit is that like the the og environmentalists the tree og tree huggers are actually the based ones the the based farmer the based 
shepherd, the based uh, person who lives in the woods and understands the land, respects that they uh, are at the mercy of of uh, the world, you know, the creation. And, uh, and that's just interesting to me that it's all been sort of tailored away and there's almost been a campaign to yuckify, like make it a dirty word or almost like someone who's right leaning would be like, oh, I'm not, I'm, I don't want to go back to the, like, you know, connect to earth. Like that's so hippie and weird. It's like, no, that was stolen. That was taken from you. Um, yeah, the same thing with, exactly, the same thing with communal urban gardens, yeah. Like, the concept is correct, but the reasoning, it's still, like, been co-opted by a fake, like, uh, marketing campaign, like a lifestyle, a lifestyle that doesn't actually... Uh, it's not actually rooted in something transcendent. You know, it's just kind of like, we got the Arab garden. Uh. Like they do that one thing, but the rest is like total corporate slavery. They want to urbanize population. Yeah, they do. That's the plan. It's not even like a theory. It's like directly written in their their big, dumb, gay UN agenda. But the land is what protects you. They can't do it if everyone starts owning more land. It doesn't matter. Half acre, quarter acre, one acre, three acre. You know what I mean? Like you don't get overwhelmed with like the number. It's just that you like a new wave of of um, physical space sovereignty is the way to combat all this nonsense. Obviously culturally, but you're not going to stop the progressive in, you know, upside down world to culture. That's a spiritual thing that will always exist. It's the departure from order and, and goodness. And so you can't fight that. You can combat it by presenting only more good in the world. You know what I mean? You can't, you can't sit here and battle it like the, like that idiot I had to block, you know, he, that comment yesterday where he's like, why aren't you, why aren't you posting about Giselle, Giselaine? You know, why don't you post him about Jizz Lane? And you're like, well, because I want to look for land. Like, that's not the game. The game isn't expose. Yes, if enough people expose Jizz Lane and Tom Hanks, you'll still be in debt. And you need Whole Foods. You know, it's like, what are we building? What are you building? You got to build. Building is the fight. Expanding, building, babies, goodness, humor. You could still, you can still, uh, you know, it's fun. I'll never stop looking at stuff and exposing the ridic ridiculousness or exposing uh, evil. But that's not the game. That's just a, a side activity that can only be like a small part of your life. Because if you're not building... You'll just get into this habit of uh, complaining about how it's going, right? As opposed to making it the way you want to go. And um, and yes, there's a level of pragmatism that I often argue against in that. But I believe um, going toward the good is a uh, results in a pragmatic uh, life and does serve uh, utility. 
but it's not driven by utility or pragmatism. And uh, that's just something I realized just from that one phrase, land of the free, how it's such a uh, an assumption, but to really look at what it means if, if you just take the words literal, land of the free. Are you free if the land is not yours, if it's owned by Jeff Bezos, if it's owned by the UN, if it's sequestered by your, your federal, local government? It's not. There is no land of the free. You aren't free. And so uh, I just urge everyone to look at that as a possibility. Like if you're in the mindset of, you know, I want to battle this uh, sort of coagulation of, you know, technocratic rule, this, uh, this culture of where it's going, in the, at least in the major cities. First, get out of the cities. But, um, but second, how, how, do you, how do you reserve yourself? How do you reserve you, your customs and traditions and your, your values? You can't do it really to its full fullest extent unless you own unless you own the parcel and again that doesn't mean it can't be just taken away but that's hypothetical like that's not an excuse to not pursue it and you guys can pursue it and it's fun to pursue it's not like it's easy but it's definitely will i promise you if you even look into it even if you're like no way i'm not even in close to the position if you just look at it it will give you life. It's cool. I say dodging taxes. Yeah, well, I don't recommend dodging taxes because you need a, a mass, a critical mass to do that all at once so that it backs up their systems. But I would say just, you know, give Caesar his. Again, it can't be the reason to stop you from from creating the life you want yeah the land is owned by the government no matter what yeah yeah you pay property taxes that's but you know what i mean like that's you're not going to get away from that you're always going to be in the the highest level of of truth um you don't own anything and neither does the government so even like that you can just keep extending that to the, even the government, and they don't really own anything. They only own something so long as they can maintain force. And then that's an argument of like, whoever has the most force can then take it. And then it's always up in the air. Uh, no matter what the problem is, no matter what the equation is, there's always two equations that are unprovable outside of it. Like you're always going to have to appeal outside of whatever the current equation of truth is basically. And uh, yeah, you're right. It's like in in the end, like I said, eminent domain is even more of a a reality threat than the uh, given property tax that you're you know you're renting a a percent of your land, paying for it. Government does nothing in return for you. It doesn't come and like fix your house or your pro maintain your property. It's just a scam, and they can do it because they are willing to use force and so forth. So. Yes, small libertarian talking point, but that's also just the reality. And um and that's also just the um the unfortunate uh trade-off 
of of getting it. But I but the life you can live, you know, in exchange for that forced taxation is uh at least a closer it's closer to the that term land of the free being true, at least. But yeah, I get your point. You want a motorhome? That too, maybe. Taxes on land allow government to come to your land and regulate. Yeah. Yeah, but the thing is, the more people who just own land, the harder the government is taxed as far as resources. They're they're not very efficient. So they they put in their little claws and their tentacles, but if they're they're already overtaxed as far as resources and personnel and like they're they're just not efficient anyway. So it's like that's true theoretically, but they can't the more people who own land, the less resources they have to come in and do that shit. It's not saying they can't, they can, but um it just makes it more difficult. It's like a numbers game. And the good news is that they're just inefficient. So it's like they'll try to do all that stuff just to get more permit money and like it's always trying to get more from you. Um, and it's just more of like a mosquito. It's just like, uh, okay. But, you know, the more, again, the more people who own the land, uh, the, the, the more they have are required, the government and all their dumb agencies, you know, the, the more they have to expend their energy. And, uh, we know their shit is backed up already. So it's a matter of like, <clears throat> destroying workability on their on their side. Have you seen all corporations buying up the land? Yeah, there are always corporations and individuals. Like the whole, I like, um, that's another aspect of what's going on where you destroy the, uh, value, you know, the street value of, of, of like, uh, brick and mortar stores and whatnot. You destroy, um, the investments, you know, you know, like when, uh, if you do that everywhere, which the coronavirus f pandemic, f f you know, nonsense thing it did it destroyed a lot of shit and when it destroys the value drops and then the people with the most money uh who already mostly secure the uh supply chain as well they also buy up all the land when it drops you know they buy up and then they invest in things because it's low um but then the people who are destroyed can't they're just they're not going to put in another they're not they're not going to take out another 100 grand loan to start their muffin company you know the the real estate the value goes down and then it gets bought up and then they reboot the economy with a bunch of fake money and then uh and then it soars and then they then they're like Trump did it again the economy is soaring and then everyone looks away at the the borrowed imaginary money so, uh, yeah, nothing's going to stop that either, but, um, yeah, they do it. They do the, they buy up the land too, 
but uh, they mostly attack the cities because that's where they want to do their corporate uh, run Disney World prototype kind of bullshit. But if you leave and go outside of the cities into the rural, your life will be less convenient. But it'll allow you to actually um, be somewhat independent of, of the nonsense, you know? And I think the greater that split is, the freer the rural people will be. Like where it becomes like a stark difference, like a, like cities offer you all this glitter and shiny stuff and convenience and on-demand everything. And uh, you get all the people who are drawn to that. And it's almost like, you know, the people in the, in the rural areas become like wildlings. They're kind of like just ignored. That would be the best of, that would be the best thing in my view, like for my own personal opinion is that, uh, as they become sort of the outcasts and they're mostly left alone so long as they're not within the uh, radius of the technocrat uh, machine you know, because they're going to want to use a, a circumference of the city, you know, around the city for factories and, and designated essential um, production lines and whatnot. And they're going to obviously going to want to try to push everyone into one uh, standardized system. That's the real goal. But it's the more people get out of there. Um, yes, it's going to kind of suck at first. You live rough. You you have to take a hit, you know, if you want that, if you want the other side of that, you have to take the brunt of it. It can't just be easy. And, and you want it, you, it's not, it's like you want it to be difficult a little bit. You want it to be worth it to have done it. At least that's my opinion. It's just, you know, it's a simple choice. It's a difficult task. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Who's the little troll? Anyone point out the troll who's reporting comments so I can just ban them forever? I just can't handle weak-ass men, you know? It's always weak-ass men. This is super interesting. Loving it, but I'm listening while rocking my newborn to sleep, and she passed out within minutes. <laughs> Good. Yeah. I put babies to sleep. Banks, private equity own most of the rights to the land. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're still paying into some some hidden shadow banking system, I, I assume, no matter what. Um, but, again, if you're just far away from all of the ordinances where it becomes too hard for the, the government, the city, federal government to like actually manage it. That's what's so threatening about the grid system, about the, uh, the, the internet of things, right? If every, and I know every inch of the land has been documented by some Google drone, some nerd, who then is just like so excited about all the data. So every inch is, uh, is covered, right? But the more, the more information, the more data, the more, the more every inch 
uh, of the world is put into some sort of readable map, readable graph data, then you get the Bill Gates of the world. You know, imagine a Bill Gates, but for land. You know, there's a Bill Gates out there, but for land, who 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 wants to make a resource-based economy based on geography and land and then, you know, sequester all of it and then you sign up and you, you get a permit to rent the land for a use and then it's like they just want that top-down view. That's why getting ahead of it before um, their retarded system starts to unfold, I think is a good idea. Make it hard, as hard as possible for them to implement that system I believe is uh, is is part of the battle, you know. That's a secondary battle, by the way. Spirit then then material. We can own the countryside. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I literally just said that about weak ass man friend who was trying to virtue signal. Yeah, it's just so weak. It's just like it's just little. Little boys, you know, they're just little boys. Too difficult to enforce. That's what to sustain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, they have to be able to like do the, the, the scam. That's why they try so many scams. Like that's why if you, if you don't consent to most of the scams and there's enough people who say no, they try like maybe once to double enforce it and then they just move on to the next scam. They're just like, okay, that didn't work. Let me go over to here now and try this. They're just always measuring like who's run off of fear, who's worshiping fear and convenience, who's willing to trade their, their, uh, their own dignity for convenience or safety. Constantly testing, constant nonstop litmus tests. Since the beginning of time, just constant, it's just like the snake and the serpent. It's the same test over and over and over again. That's why it's so spiritual. That's why, like, people are like, the Bible isn't true. If it was, people would be walking on water. It's like, no, it's true, not in, you don't measure it in that direct material sense. The, you know, you, you look at what's true over time. That's the real truth. And, uh, there's something so true about that, the trade-in, you know, your dignity, your liberty, your your sense of spirit, and uh, you trade in, you, you sell your fear stock, you know, you're like, where do I put my fear stock? You know, where do I, where do I buy in? Where's a good, what's a good stock to put my fear in? Where do I, looks like that's trending. That seems to be trending. Face masks seem to be trending. I should put, I should take my fear stock and put it into into uh, into face masks and social distancing. That just seems like a good idea. It's trending. I don't know what's going to get me back. I hope that return is good. And that's what they're doing. It's like a stock market. They're uh, they're assessing their risk. You know, their their fear is their currency. Their consent is their currency, and uh, they get to sell it off. And that's why you can't base your you can't base your consent, your dignity, your liberty in the material because the moment you base all of the virtues, the moment you try to base the uh, the transcendental category, l love, and all of these things, 
if they're based in the material and it's in a pragmatic view, then they're for sale. That's when you sell out. You can't sell out if unless you base those things in a material pragmatic sense because if they are based in that economy, they are an they are a commodity. They become a commodity because they're rooted in material, because they're rooted in some sort of um, measurable trade-off and then you just you give it away it's for sale it becomes for sale like literally it's not just like a metaphor it's like it's literally for sale your fear your consent is always for sale if it's based in the in the material if that's what grounds your your uh you know your spirit your more your uh, morality you pick it pick any transcendental virtue if it's, ba- you know what I mean? It doesn't matter what it is. The moment you put it into the real world and that's the basis, it's a commodity and someone can buy it up and uh, invert it and rebrand it and then uh, sell you on something and you'll give it away. You'll trade it for something. And that's what we see. That's what the whole thing is. The whole mask thing, the whole consent uh, to social distancing even even protests, you know, you know my view on protests. Stock and fear, that's what they got it's be, since the beginning of time. That's why it's spiritual, <clears throat> because fears the, those things are transcendental. But they try to get you to place them in the physical marketplace, and uh, that's their that's their big trick. That's their big wizard. Uh, show. That's their big magic show. It's so clear. Once you see that, it's just everywhere. It, it's just everywhere. And it's so, you just keep reversing what has to be true for that to be the case. Always ask, well, what has to be true for that to be the case? And then you will get to that that paradigm. It's always... Material versus immaterial. That's the battle. So are you saying I shouldn't move to New York City? That's funny. That's obvious. Not even... Unfortunately for New York State, I'm from New York State. It's a pretty damn big state considering how tiny New York City is. And New York City, that cage of rats, uh, dictate the entire state. You know, the rules that seem to apply best, which they don't, to, uh, you know, seven million tiny rats in a cage suddenly kind of extend to mostly country, flat plains, and uh, mountains. Makes no sense at all. They just want your energy. Yeah, it's energy. Hey, bro, I went to Thornton High School. I was Denver. Denver will be California eventually. Like, that's why while I'm here, um, there is still enough land out there. There's still enough people fighting the good fight. Um, There's still a lot of people buying guns. And so there's a big fight here, like, um, about the direction. But again, a lot of things are dictated by the major cities. So Denver, you know, Pole pole smoker, uh, they get to, uh, 
implement their progressive ideals and um, try to extend it beyond, you know, the city, the urban area. So I still think there's a, a worthwhile battle here, though. Because that's a real thing is that if you don't battle where you are, yes, get out of the cities. They're lost. It's like you're not going to win that battle. But if you're in a place where there is a worthwhile battle, and I can't tell you what the measure is for that, that's intuition. Um, I believe the battle is always where you are. And that fleeing ultimately, like someone said yesterday, can I, I should just go to another country. It's not worth it at this point. Like that's a, that's total fleeing. Like you got to fight where you are or else you just will always be the person who doesn't fight. And if you don't, someone else doesn't, and then it's just a chase. Then you're just running. It's like a fugitive-based uh, mindset. Did I see the guy running for mayor in Berkeley? No, but I'm surprised he's running and not skipping, if you know what I mean. But, um, tsh. did I hear you moving to California? No, no, Marissa, no, no. You guys leave. I know you guys, you guys are out of the chaos, I know. But you, you got your garden soon. It's going to be legal. They're going to be like, no garden. No garden for you, Marissa. Oh, you want another baby? No. Going to put a limit on your baby. Nope. That's it. Oh. Oh, you want chickens too? No, I'm sorry. We can't. This ordinance here, you, it's cruel to raise chickens and uh, care for them and um, eat their eggs. Wrong. Yeah, please visit anytime. I mean, our place is too tiny. We'll have to like point you to a nearby Airbnb. Jogging for mayor. Tennessee. I've been to Nashville. It's kind of cool, but. Why my peepee so small? Why is not an answer that you can't answer why. What are the best steps to get ahead? One, start growing things, even if it's small things. You know, it's not it's not to say that you're going to live off of lettuce and tomatoes, but get in the habit of growing stuff. Um, pay your debts. Try to get out of debts. Try to do things without debt. And uh, those two things are a start. You know, don't get any unnecessary pets. Um, yeah, other than that, uh, yeah, debt is probably the worst thing, you know. But the tomato thing, it's not like, oh, I have a garden, I don't need the store. It's more for your spirit and body and mind. It's, it's too, it's, I believe that, doing that actually it literally is vitality it's not like uh, some sort of like mystical uh claim it, you go i i go outside on my deck and there's three giant tomato plants and a giant herb garden you go there and you're filled with vitality and the sense that you're growing life it's this it's no it's a microcosm of having a baby that sense of life is being created and generated I'm both caring for it and utilizing it. It's reciprocal where you don't get that sense at the store, even though you'll get a lot more things there. Um, there's no 
reciprocal thing other than the the dirty little imaginary money being exchanged. You don't get the sense you uh, vitality when you go through the frozen section or or you barely get the sense of vitality when you're smelling tomatoes and vegetables in the in a in the aisle, you know, where there's actually you know fruit and vegetables life that you're looking at. It's it's still you don't get the sense. I think there's like an immeasurable contribution to your spirit, um, mind and body that, uh, it's probably measurable in the physical sense, you know, like the, the dopamines and the actual chemicals and whatnot. But, uh, I think that's more for your, your spirit. It's not about like, suddenly you're just going to feed yourself on kale like every day, but that's good for you. It's good for your soul. A jeweler, a sinus pig, yeah. Day job. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a jeweler. People answered it. I'm a, but I want to get into blacksmithing and, and knife making. Um, people will always enjoy jewelry. Even in the worst of times, uh, people, um, they still put value in um, nicer things, actually. They buy less cheap things like fruit, like little dumb stuff. And then they, they buy larger purchases that mean more to them and that have a lasting uh, quality. Jewelry is in that realm, but uh, ideally I'd like to get into something that serves an actual function. And I believe the crossover would be like knife making, blacksmithing, uh, you know, kind of like fence gate making, welding stuff. I believe I can, um, that doing that stuff is just a larger form of, of jewelry. And I think I could make some really amazing, uh, knives and, uh, and maybe like gates or furniture, something, something that would necessitate a, a giant barn workshop on, on land that I buy where I could move out of the retail city congested lifestyle and just be like you guys know where I am you want it okay you want a six inch blade Damascus all right I'm on it and then people would be happy happily pay the adequate uh, price for a really well-made item they do it for jewelry but they'll definitely do it you know for for knives and larger weapons Suddenly I like weapons. I just, I buy one little gun, right? I buy one little gun and I'm like, I'm a weapons maker now. You know, I'd buy a, yeah, made by Jim Bob Knife. Yeah, totally. Cutlery, yeah. If I could make a gun, I mean, I think the gun market is kind of, I mean, obviously the knife market is already saturated. But what's cool about my position is that you know, I've, with you guys, there's a cultivated community of values. And so it's not like entering some new industry. I'm not trying to get into an industry because I am essentially the product. And then what I make is kind of like an expression of me. A nuclear families on life support. 
Maybe. Depends on the culture. I mean, Mexicans don't give a shit. They're, like, super smart about it. They're just like, no, I don't value all your dumb, you know, fancy stuff. I don't care if my house doesn't have an alarm system. I have six kids and a lot of love, and we celebrate with food and stuff. And and culture. We don't give up our, our culture, our identity. Like, we know what we're doing here. You guys can make fun of us and whatnot, but I don't care. Because the six kids and the tiny house and the whole f- super family unit and the grandma lives in there until she's dead um, produces more value over time and it transcends to the kids. The, the kids take that value and then they put it into their family. Regardless of the value judgment on what they value or what the customs are and what they do and what they eat, they got it down. So it depends on the culture, but... Yes, there's an aspect of uh, the westernized, the the Western culture, the the Anglo Western culture that is uh, starting to re- not reject, but they're kind of like, I don't want to, I don't want to have kids or a family until this is all sorted out, kind of mentality, which is uh, super super uh, gamma, you know. That's like a lot of dudes who shave their armpits. Mexicans value bright pink and purple paint for their houses. Yeah. Do I agree with Ted K? I agree with some of his analysis. I don't agree with his... Uh... Ultimately, he became a, a utilitarian. Like, he he couldn't find the spirit. He couldn't find God. And so he... His only... Like, when you look out... And you see what's what's wrong with the world, right? What's uh, what's leading towards something bad. If you don't find the basis for why you would avoid that, then your solution will always be based in the same system that created the problem to begin with, uh, if that makes sense. So that's what Ted K suffered from. He, he was uh, smart enough, analytical enough to see the problems. He even got... He could even sense from his own tuition, even though he was kind of a sociopath, um, what was not good, you know, like in the transcendental way, like what was immoral, what seemed to be going toward a terrible path of, uh, you know, his basis was um, the more we uh, quantify human behavior the more human behavior is regulated. And that's what I was pointing to with the with the smart cities. The more they quantify every inch of the world, the more the Bill Gates version of that, uh, that system will try to regulate what they're looking at in the, in the quantified uh, data. And so he saw that and uh, he was right, but he was wrong about how to resolve it. And that, uh, and that ultimately the pursuit must be led spiritually uh, in the immaterial. Not You can't fix it materially because it's based on... Um, because all of the, the worldviews are based on basically like you're always borrowing from a, a, an immaterial um, paradigm. So, yeah, his, he was... Uh, he he fought against utilitarianism 
by holding the sword of utilitarianism. Like ultimately his, his, uh, his remedy was based in the physical. And that's, that's what happened. He did it. But he was also a sociopath. Like he couldn't make a, he may have seen a higher truth if he could have made uh, stronger connections with people. Um, who knows what else happened to him as a child, but, you know, documents and uh, testimony say that even from a young age, he, he would not laugh or smile or make long, long connections or look people in the eye for very long. It's kind of uh, vacuous. So, uh, I think it may have started way earlier. Do I live in a based area? Yes. My little town is, uh, there's no face masks and there's no news about some sort of spike. It's just like, it only works where people, you know, where, where the media works on people like, where I live, it's like people ignore all this stuff and they don't care and they just live their life. And uh, yes, the the restaurants are forced to uh, to wear, their personnel is forced to wear, but nobody wears masks. There's like, I would say the ratio where I live is, it's probably 10% people wear masks, tops. And they get, some of them get looks. I don't give them looks. I'm just like, okay, you're acting on the information given to you by a logo you know you're either getting your information you're getting your worldview from a logo or you're getting it from logos i make that distinction the logo is appropriate that it inverts the logos and it turns uh what is um into sort of like a brand narrative and then i slap a logo on it and then you appeal to the logo and the site. Oh, where'd you get that from? Oh, no, that's from Fox News. Oh, no, that's from CNN. Oh, Associated Press. Oh, no, it's all Google. It's all these appeals to some authority that has a logo. I just find that appropriate. I find that's like, uh, it's it's totally appropriate that that's the, the dichotomy. But yes, I live in a based area. Where's the tri-state area? That's where uh, I'm from. It's like Albany and uh, Saugerties and um, that that whole area. New York, New Jersey. Yeah, New York and New Jersey, That's it's all... My whole family's in New York, and it's just, they're just, I just got a, I just took a class and got a concealed carry, like, like, immediately, like, was able to just do it all and register it, and, like, you know, I'm just waiting on the actual thing, which they're backed up mostly because uh, it's a combination of, like, the nonsense um, that's going on, and... Uh, because of the nonsense going on, more people are applying. So it's like the it's like two. The things are shut down and not in their full operation, and more people just bought a bunch of guns and got their concealed carry. But in New York, it's like almost 
can't even have it in you have to justify you you own a business to have a concealed carry to protect your life which is so it just shows that they they respect they value business and material over life because you can only get a concealed carry if you have material to protect just think about that that's nonsense it's like oh, oh you want to you want to conceal carry to you protect your family and your life and you just never know whether you're going to have to use it or not uh no do you have any collateral that uh is worth protecting i mean your life is just like Yes, it's valuable, but um, ultimately we need like a, do you have an espresso machine or like something we can put on paper that justifies your use of a gun to protect the things? Because uh, that's really what we need here. Wearing a mask in his car. Yeah, don't do that. Is capital commun and communism two sides of the same coin? Yeah, they're mostly the same right now. Capitalists push communism right now. It's just an it's just the nature of capitalism. Like the the process, especially if you abandon, if you have capitalism without a basis for morality, um, retaining traditions and values. Basically, uh, capitalism um, diminishes culture and uh immaterial values traditions in the pursuit of efficiency that's why capitalism without cohesive culture and morality uh produces um you could see it clearly in architecture first and foremost where you don't have a wasted space like a piazza like in italy you don't have uh unnecessary but beautiful arches and uh all sorts of uh, ornate stuff around buildings that are built to last because of the the value or the pursuit of matching the standard of God, um, which is how a lot of uh, the beautiful things were built. Um, you abandon that for boxes because boxes are efficient. Duh. People want efficiency. Box. Live in a box. And so that's where it goes. And from efficiency model, what happens is that the, the best performing capitalists, which are the... Um, the conglomerates, they acquire monopolies, natural mo monopolies and unnatural monopolies. And they, uh, the only place to go from there is communism because what happens is they, someone like a Bezos uh, acquires all of the, dominates all of the fields and acquires, you know, the best operating um, um, asset in each of those fields. And then, and then, all you need is a breakdown, and then you just get the government through a public-private partnership to prop up the largest companies to then um, be the providers of everything. And then you pair it with, say, like a Bernie Sanders policy where you just promise everything, um, a bunch of material things as, as rights. And the only way you could actually um, provide them as rights if they're products and services is that if there's a large enough company on deck ready to deliver said products as rights otherwise you can't scale it so it inevitably leads to communism but not in the form that we learn it it's more like uh automated um luxury communism it's like what they're automating it's funny that like andrew yang wanted to create ubi because the threat was automation but ubi would actually um ironically automate consumerism so 
you give a bunch of people arcade coins, uh, you know, arcade tickets, tokens um, that get recycled through the system and back to you. Um, and then you just use them through their operating system. You know what I mean? It's just like, um, it's the way everything is operating now where you get like Nordstrom money and you get Macy's money and everyone has their own little money scheme. Um, and that's what it, it does. It automates um, consumerism. And uh, automated consumerism, capitalism without traditions, moralities, uh, immaterial foundations that are that are transcendent to to the objects themselves you know um, once you abandon those things there you go it's it goes right to the efficiency blocks cubic model um, it's it becomes a cube in other words you live in a cube of compartments that are perfectly cube shaped and linked together and uh, and there's no beauty it's all just straight up movement of, uh, of material. And you, as a human, become eventually included as that uh, product. And uh, people reject it. That's a, that's a good thing. It's the, but the way communism and capitalism is presented is currently so stupid. It's, it's like the Prager U, you know, the, the Charlie Kirk and the Ben Shapiro model. You know, it creates a false binary of capitalism versus communism. And then they'll look at the corporatist thing that I'm referring to now, and then they'll be like, no, well, that's just corporatism. That's not capitalism. It's like, no, you don't understand. It is capitalism because that's what you get when it's not led by, it's not balanced with, with a basis for morality, with something that transcends the system itself in the culture, in the mind of the culture. You know what I mean? And it's not just capitalism that applies to. The reason Italians don't ruin the Trevi Fountain and uh, demolish all of the ancient 2,000-year-old uh, relics and beautiful things is because it's embedded in their cultural mind to respect something that transcends their current uh, scenario. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's such a history that they're respecting. And uh, you don't get that history, unfortunately, in America. Um, we're still very young. We don't have the time. We, we haven't been given the time to develop those long-standing um, ideas and representations. And now we're pulling down statues, which will now result in everything becoming a box, even in that realm. There'll just be a box. You know what it's going to be? There's going to be these boxes, right? And they're just going to turn into like these these uh, holograms. They're not going to have statues. They're going to have hologram statues that change based on the current fashion or trend. You know what I mean? They'll just be replaceable hologram statues, basically. Anyway, I got 20 seconds. If you guys didn't get Savage Memes Volume 2, go get it made by Jim Bob. The first batch went. Second batch will be packaged and shipped mid to uh, the end of July. Um, have a good 4th of July. Be safe.